0: Good morning everybody. Hey, welcome to East Brainerd. If you were just traveling through and needed somewhere to stop, we are glad that you stopped off to be with us this morning and to share our time together. Uh, This is a traveling time, and so if you were here visiting with friends and family, we hope that, man, you're just having a fantastic weekend. If you guys are getting ready to go somewhere, I hope that it's going to be something exciting also for you, and safe travels to everyone, and enjoy all the fun and frivolity that comes with the holidays. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great time, and hope it's going to be one of just fantastic memories. So many of you were able to share with us in a memory-making event just last week when our Our East Brainerd kids were here all across this stage, and we were able to to join them in sharing the story of our Savior's birth. Now, it was a fantastic presentation. I mean, it it was great. The kids did an awesome job. I think there were only like two fights on stage, and only about five that happened over here in the holding area. So I think it was a, a great, great time. But I just want to say thanks again for everyone who helped prep and who helped participate and prepare and all that kind of stuff. You know we had over 50 kids that were up here on stage thanks to all of them. Thanks to our nativity director extraordinaire Whitney Webb who again was able to um, wrangle and mangle and well I hope she didn't mangle anybody but she, she wrangled up these kiddos and it was a, a, great, a great weekend, great time. But I know that she had a lot of elves who helped decorate and helped with costumes and did help wrangle all the kiddos. We appreciate that. Thanks to Chad for keeping everybody mic'd up. I had people come to me saying, hey, we heard everything the kids were saying. Sometimes we heard things that were being said back off stage, but that's fine. It was great. Also, a thanks to our new children's minister, Brittany Bichelle, for coordinating our Christmas brunch that we had. And so many of you were able to stay and enjoy and be a part of that, and I know that she had volunteers who helped with the setup and the food prep, so thank you to all you folks as well. It was just a team effort all the way around where everybody pitched in in some way to make it a truly great, great day. And I need to say thank you to to you guys also, those of you who were here, because we had our second largest attendance of the year. The only other attendance larger this year was Easter Sunday, and so thanks so much for coming and being a part of this last week. We hope that it was able to lift you up and, and to kind of get you truly in the mood of this Christmas season. And I'm just thankful, I'm just thankful that my family, even though my kids are, are grown and, and are not here on stage anymore during the um, nativity play that we have, I'm just thankful that my children and my family have been able to, to grow up here a part of a church community that encourages our kids to be tellers of the greatest story. I'm thankful for that and I know that we've got some college students who are back in town here this weekend and uh, I know that some of you you, you, you were up here years ago and you had your different roles and you had staffs taken away from you when you were shepherds so that you wouldn't use them as lightsabers and you, you know what that was like, you remember those times and it's just great to be able to have that shared history together and so again, Thanks for everybody who helped make last week such a memorable memorable, and exciting event. As I was attempting to set the stage, so to speak, last week during our nativity, I shared, how, I shared how academics use the term open-earedness. Maybe you remember me sharing about this. Open-earedness, it describes our willingness to explore new music. You see, as we age, our desire to listen to new tunes slowly diminishes. And it's because the new music does not trigger an emotional and memorable response. In his book, This Is Your Brain on Music, neuroscientist Daniel Levitin writes, when we love a piece of music, it reminds us of other music that we have heard, and it activates memory traces from emotional times in our lives. You see, when you hear music that you like, it takes you back to another place and another time. We don't always realize that that is what's happening, but that's why some tunes, man, we just naturally say, man, I like that music, or you know what, that reminds me of something else that I have heard. But eventually, we lose our open-earedness because, well, the young people's music, and, and teens, there's gonna come a day where you're going to say young people's music. You are, it's gonna happen to you, it will, I promise. But there comes a time when the young people's music just fails to remind us of memories from our past. And it's why a 55-year-old man turns up the radio on a deserted stretch of highway and sings, I want to know what love is, to the top of his lungs. It's also why 35 years from now, grown women will be walking around singing, Shake it off, shake it off. It's just why we enjoy certain songs rather than others. And it's why you guys like certain Christmas songs more than you like others. We hear these Christmas songs and we are unconsciously transported back to a time when, when we remember shaking every single present that was under the tree. And, and it was a time of, of great innocence. And it was a time of, of joy and expectation. when We could not wait for Christmas Day to arrive. And so when we hear these songs, we are transported back to another day and that's why when given the opportunity to choose your favorite Christmas song and in a poll that we have been running over the last couple of weeks many of you chose in that poll to choose other now what I did not know about this particular poll is that if you were to choose other there was a way that you could input your favorite Christmas song I didn't know that last week until I was Looking more through all the different songs that were, that were listed. And, and I began to notice that, wow, we have a very diverse crowd because when given the opportunity to speak your mind and to say, this is my favorite Christmas song, man, you guys just went overboard, right? You did. And you checked other and you started putting in all of these songs. Mary, did you know? How many of you put in Mary, did you know? Anybody? Anybody put in Mary there? Okay, we've got. Come on, Amy. Be proud about that. Yes, we got Mary. Did you know Carol of the Bells, Sleigh Ride, Oh Come All You Faithful, Noel, Away in the Manger, Feliz Navidad. Right, that one came. By the way, that was not Marco. All right, I want you to know, Marco did not put that one in. But Jingle Bells. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Jingle Bell Rock, Go Tell It on the Mountain, and then there was Marshmallow World. We had I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. Okay, but maybe the best is that someone listed Free Bird. <laughs> now there are no judgments here, you know. No, no judgments, um, you know. But 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 here's how that really works. It, I mean, you know this, right? Instead of hitting other and then typing in free bird, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to yell out, free bird, right? That's it. So if somewhere during the message today, you need to, that's that's fine as we talk about Christmas songs. We all like different things. But, you know, music has always been just a part of the Christmas story. Not just in recent years, but but you read through Scripture and you find that oftentimes when someone is sharing the good news about Jesus coming to earth, or maybe they're they're hearing that good news for the first time, well, their response is that they begin to sing. Now, I know that there are some of you here in the room that enjoy movie musicals, right? You enjoy that. Miss Laurie, I'm, I'm sure you enjoy movie musicals. I've just got to be honest, I don't get them. I don't, because right in the middle of this movie, a concert breaks out. And not only does a concert break out, but not only does the singer of the song know the song, but somehow everyone in the movie knows the song. And I'm watching these shows, and I'm like, that's not how it happens. it It doesn't happen that way. It doesn't where all of a sudden we are in the middle of a a message like this and and all of a sudden I say, isn't it great that we're all here? And, And then I begin to sing, what a thrill that I feel when I get together with God's wonderful people. And then you guys join in, right? But you don't know that song. You don't. Some of you don 't even realize that 's an that 's an actual hymn in in the old song books, all right It really is but but none of you know that song, and so if I started to sing that song you wouldn 't be able to to join in and, and you definitely wouldn 't know the dance number that comes with it because the majority of you grew up Baptist or church of christ and and you don 't know the dance number so So I just don't get the mo- the movie musical thing. But you read through scripture and, and when, when Jesus' coming is announced or when people hear about the coming, they begin to break into song. And I think maybe it's safe to say that perhaps music might be our best response to the mystery of Christmas and I just want to know that after, after being together last week and, and after seeing the children up here and, and listening to them as, as they told the story of the coming of Jesus, I just wonder what song we will sing. We've looked the last couple of weeks at the song of Mary and the song of Zechariah. But this week I want us to think about our song. What music will we as a church produce? And I want us to consider a a new slash old song this morning and remind ourselves that the sound of Christmas is not just in carols, but it's also in caring. Can we just stop and pray about that just for a minute? Father, may we be a people that are known for the song of our lives for nativity song, for a song of humility that shows itself in the way in which we share your grace and favor. May we be a singing and dancing people. In the name of your son, our savior, amen. The first Christmas song was sparked by this simple but profound statement. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. The Latin Vulgate translates favored as full of of grace. Grace, it turns out, is a literal translation of favored. So, So what you see, and I think this is gonna be on the screen here for us, is this idea that that there is this filling of grace that comes specifically here in the life of of Mary. But it's not about Mary's grace, it's about God's grace. The angel with this greeting doesn't say, greetings woman who has shown grace. Gabriel is saying, greetings woman who has been shown much grace. You see, the nativity is about God pouring out his favor and grace upon people like Mary. And today, the nativity is about the church learning to do the same. We can be tempted to think of Mary as one of the most important somebodies in the world. She's spotlighted in sacred art. She is serenaded in holy hymns. Her name is on schools and church buildings. But on the day of Jesus' birth announcement, Mary was one of the least important nobodies in the world. She is among the most powerless people in her society. She She is young in a world that values age. She is female in a world that is ruled by men. She is poor in a stratified economy. Furthermore, she has neither husband nor child to validate her existence. She is a teenage girl living in a political, religious, and cultural backwoods of Galilee. And then in the midst of of obscurity, God comes and says, you are highly favored. And he comes and pours out his grace and his mercy over the overlooked and forgotten. Greetings, woman filled with grace. Mary's world might have been indifferent to her, but God was attentive to her. And no wonder that she was then confused and disturbed by the angel's greetings. When God-forsaken people are treated as God-favored people, the news can be so delighting that it's also very disorienting. When you are passed up by the world, there's nothing more difficult to accept and understand than to be taken in by God. The nativity of Jesus promises a God who favors the unfavored and it produces a church that does the same. You see, the nativity chorus continues to sing loudly when the church favors those whom the world forgets. And I think this, as it turns out, is the great unlearned lesson of of many Christians and of many churches. The glorious song of grace extended by one, is always meant to be extended to all. You see, grace that is experienced is meant to be grace extended. A church is simply the gathering of of anyone who, who shares the dual description of dismissed by the world, delighted on by God. Dismissed by the world, desired by God. For Luke, you begin to read through his writings and you begin to see that it's not just the theme of, of the nativity. It's the theme of, of this good news about Jesus. In fact, his entire two-volume project is motivated by this anthem. I don't know if you knew this, but, but Luke's gospel along with acts of the apostles make up one-fourth of your New Testament. And he contributes more words to the New Testament than any other author. And his words are then an ode to all those who were overlooked. Every word and every story is used by Luke to help you hear what Mary heard. For you to be able to hear the same message that was given to her. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Greetings, you who are filled with grace. He wants to illustrate the crazy promise of of God desiring to share grace with everyone. Grace experienced is to be grace extended. And so repeatedly Luke draws attention to the way that Jesus befriended and and served and helped and and healed the neglected. So he writes about sinners and he he writes about tax collectors and the sick and he talks about how that Jesus interacted with the lame and, and lepers and children and women Luke shares the story of Zacchaeus, and it's there that you find about the good Samaritan and the prodigal son. To each one of the unfavorable, Jesus acts out the words, greetings, favored one, you who are filled with grace, the Lord is with you. And then Jesus invites the church to do the same. Acts reveals how that the ways of Jesus were acted out through his people in the church, and how they continue to value the undervalued and so you read about how the church served the poor and healed the hurting how they befriended gentiles and how they began to erase the lines that that divided the people who were there within their society the lines that others had drawn between races and between genders and between economic classes and nationalities the church even became known as being friends to sinners To each unfavored one, the church sang the song of God's favor. It was a new song, but it was an old song. It's the song that we must sing, not just during the holidays, but during every season of life. Because let's be real about it. More than any other time in our lives, I know within mine, our families, our friends, our neighbors, We're all struggling, everybody's struggling. The impact of rising cost has forced everyone to cut back and and make some tough decisions when it comes to spending our money this Christmas. The cocooning of the COVID months left us distant and isolated, and we're still trying to figure out and deal with the effects of that. Addiction and mental health concerns are consuming our social services. Homelessness and food insecurity continues to increase. If you haven't noticed, we are polarized around politics, around race, around culture. Our society is yearning for compassion, crying out for direction. And I believe that now is the time for believers in the nativity to sing out a song of grace and favor. I believe that God's people can serve those with less and offer healing to those hurt by the systems of this world. I believe that that God's people can befriend peoples and groups who are often excluded. That we can together erase lines between races and genders and nationalities. That we can welcome friends and strangers whose decisions, like so many of our own, are not always God-honoring but that we can continue to sing Nativity song. We can sing it, and we can sing it loud, but only if we are willing to listen to something new. See, open-earedness, open-earedness allows us to hear the song of the Nativity, connecting us with memories of God, lavishing his grace and his favor upon the world. And as our lives sing the tune of Bethlehem stable, we call on others to remember and to experience all over again God's goodness. A Savior has been born, and everyone is blessed because of it. That's our song. It was the song that was sung years ago. Sometimes, though, as we age, our open-earedness, though, begins to decrease. And we no longer hear the new songs because they no longer connect us to times go by. But I pray that as we hear the song of the nativity, as we, as we begin to again be reminded of the coming of Jesus, as we look forward to his coming again, that we will stir up within us a remembrance. Remembrance of how God has come into our lives and how God has spoken peace and how God has spoken hope and as God has spoken love and joy. And we remember, yes, Jesus has come. Not just the world, but to me. He's come to me. You see, Luke understands that the nativity compels us to do two things. First, it compels us to believe that no matter how deserted, discarded, or dumped we feel, that God is saying to us, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Friends, I am favored and embraced by God. And so are you. You are. The nativity compels us to believe that no matter how the racial majority or minority has treated us, no matter how the boss or employee has treated us, no matter how the politicians or the people have treated us, no matter how a parent or a child or a sibling has treated us, no matter how church members or church leaders have treated us, that God's most important message to us is this, greetings favored one, the Lord is with you. You have the grace and presence of God. And it's time to to let go of the false labels that perhaps the crowd has attached to you and maybe that you have taken and maybe you have thought, this is what defines me. But you need to hear today Nativity's song and say no, that grace and favor is also upon you. The Nativity invites you to look in the mirror and repeat, greetings favored one. The Lord is with you. And at the end, you can add, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Secondly, Luke's understanding of the nativity compels us to share with others what has been shown to us. Just share with others what has been shown to us. Favor and grace accepted from the hand of God must always lead to favor and grace shared with others in the name of God. You see, the church is called to represent to the unfavorable in our families, in our schools, in our cities, in our world, what Gabriel, Luke, and Jesus represented. See, we have been called to use good words and and good deeds to convince the most hurt and neglected that God favors them too and that God loves them too. That is our song. Luke's gospel stretches us to believe in a God who shows favor to the unfavored, even to those who maybe we feel like doesn't deserve the favor. And we are stretched to believe in a church where every space is reserved for those who the world has reservations. The good news is that there is space reserved for you. For you, whether you're here in the front or in the back or somewhere in the middle or, or you're listening to our podcast, the good news is there's space reserved for you. Because think about it. Aren't we all in our own unique way unfavorable? And don't we all in our own desperate way need to hear God say greetings? You who are filled with grace, the Lord is with you. How about we let that be the song of our lives this Christmas? How about we let that be the song that we sing? Now, not just when we're here in this space, but, but when we're going to the parties with our families and we're, we were there with our coworkers and we're at school, we're, we're, we're at the places that we just inhabit and that we live, that we let that be the nativity song that we sing And I guarantee you, if you begin to sing that song, the song that that says that God favors the unfavored, and if by your life you show it through your actions that that is true, others are going to begin singing with you. It will happen that there it is you're going to be in your own Christmas movie and you're going to be sharing God's grace and God's favor and all of a sudden there's going to be somebody else going what a thrill that I feel when I get together and serve God's wonderful people all of a sudden there's going to be others who begin to say can I can I get involved in what you're doing. They're going to be asking you, why are you doing this? Why are you living like this? Why are you talking this way? Why are you dealing with this person? Why are you spending time there? They're going to want to know. Why are you singing this song? And it's going to give us all the opportunity to stop and say, it's because I am highly favored by God. And so are you. It will give us the chance to share Jesus. Friends, the nativity song is our song, if we would just have ears to hear. Father, may we be a people who sing of your favor and grace, not just in words, but in actions. And may it turn people to a stable in Bethlehem, and may it lead them then to a cross in Jerusalem. And then may they rejoice at the empty tomb of a Savior. And then one day, Father, may we all be together around your throne singing the new, new song that we first heard so long ago. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Church, we thank you for being here this morning. And I don't know if anything that I've shared or anything that we have done today has caused you to consider your relationship with God. I pray that it has. It could be that because of the thoughts that you have been having that you would love to be able to talk with someone about the the very relationship you have with your creator and about Jesus. Maybe you'd like to talk about the scriptures. Maybe you'd like to talk about the story of Jesus coming, his death, his resurrection. Maybe you'd like to talk with someone about what it means to be baptized into Christ. And and maybe you'd like to say, is it really true that I too can enjoy the favor and grace of God? One of our elders, one of our shepherds, the spiritual leaders here in our church will be in our prayer room just off of the lobby. You can exit out to the back and there you can have some time in private. But well, we also want you to know that maybe you have come here this morning and so say, you know what, I really want to, I, I want to celebrate God's favor and grace in my life. And, and I do, I want to be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. And, and I want to re- rejoice with others that I too am singing Nativity's song. We want to give you that opportunity. We're going to sing about how that God is a way maker in our life. And if you need to come before this church body to, to say you'd love to be baptized, or if you just like to come saying, you know what, I have stopped singing, and I have, I have stopped living a life that has been sharing the grace and the goodness of God. And I would love for the people of God to surround me in prayer and love so that I want things to be different in my life. We'd love for you to share that, whatever your need might be. God is a way maker. Let's stand and sing together.